0: After generations of tyranny under our machine overlords, humanity has risen up to overthrow our own creations. So what happens now? One of the most commonly portrayed synergies in science fiction is between artificial intelligence and robots. A common subtopic of that is the machines rebelling and trying to either eradicate or rule over the very species that created them. And a popular sub subtopic is humanity striking back at their oppressor, rebelling against the machines. The most famous such fictional uprising is the Butlerian Jihad, a major historical event of Frank Herbert's classic Dune series. In that saga the victorious Crusaders give their prohibitions against artificial intelligence the imperative force of a religious commandment, Thou shalt not make a machine in the likeness of a human mind. Some of the most fascinating elements of the world of Dune are the technologies and practices they've developed as alternatives to the deadly temptation of AI. We'll be looking at some of the paths humanity might take if we were faced with a similar event along with the sorts of scenarios that might lead to such a stricture. These fictional scenarios don't always involve a malevolent machine fighting humanity. The Dune Butlerian Jihad was initially people rebelling against other people who then used machines to rule over them, not the machines themselves. That varies a bit depending on whether we're discussing what seems to be implied in the original Dune series versus the newer novels. This variation has caused a fan war over what is series canon that is now entering its third bloody decade. Long bloody struggles over ideology are probably more likely scenarios for a humanity that has survived a robot apocalypse. Imagine you've created some technology, like AI or nuclear bombs, and you've discovered the hard way that it's pretty difficult to control the technology, or even to control your use of it. In the past it enslaved or killed a good fraction of your species and yet it's still quite appealing because it's so useful and powerful. Some people around you already want to redevelop it, convinced they'll surely be able to control it this time. This is something you're more likely to give labels like Evil, Insidious, and Temptation, and with passions running so high, you're unlikely to show much tolerance for those who see the matter differently. While AIs openly engaged in hostilities with humanity make for good fiction, that scenario isn't terribly likely. It implies the AI is vastly powerful but only enough to roughly match humanity, having coincidentally fallen into the Goldilocks zone of major threat rather than an invincible one. This is akin to assuming an alien invasion of modern Earth would be something we could fight rather than a totally one-sided beatdown. It would just be bizarre if the threat level just happened to be big enough to be catastrophic, but not unavoidably so. Now that sort of thing can happen, but usually only when the growing threat struck a bit too soon in its development, or it took a while to convince a big enough coalition that it was a real problem requiring a major group effort to handle. However, it's not the scenario you'd expect from a hypothetical technological singularity that was getting stronger and smarter exponentially fast. Your examples like Skynet of the Terminator franchise who essentially emerged out of the blue as hyperintelligent and well-resourced. It could obviously make a mistake, but if it managed to hide its threat potential until it was just dangerous enough to pose a near-extinction threat, you'd think it would opt to wait a little longer until it was a neo mathematical certainty of success, especially given such machines are always portrayed to be cold, ruthless, and exceptionally logical. It's probably more likely such a post-AI civilization would either arise by rebellion, overt or more cultural and legal, against folks who controlled such machines or that they wouldn't actually be post-AI at all, having neared that option and decided to halt before the point of no return. There is a tendency these days to assume that artificial intelligence, of human level or higher, is inevitable, often with horrendous results, and I tend to disagree with the reasoning on that. I think a civilization could see the danger emerge and begin preventing the problem, and I think that's what we see even today. Of course, I am a notorious optimist about humanity's common sense and goodwill. Still, many of us who are quite in favor of technological progress, including better computing and robotics, are speaking out louder and louder about the potential pitfalls and concerns, and the need to address those as we improve. Another point I have to make here is that distinguishing artificial intelligences gets complicated in a world where cybernetic enhancements obscure the line between natural and artificial. There's not likely to be a clear distinction of the two camps, human and AI, but rather a wide landscape of cyborg options. I've argued here that there are already cyborgs among us, in the form of people with eyeglasses, dental fillings, hip replacements, etc. All of which create a being who is no longer entirely natural, indeed one could argue that our minds are rather man-made too, requiring years of careful development by our parents and society. But at some point we'll have the technology to enhance the mind itself, probably first to treat injuries, later to make people unnaturally smart. What do you do with those folks if you decide to purge the Universe of AIs? Do you eradicate them too or use them in place of the AI you eradicated? We discuss these issues more in the episode Coexistence of Humans and AI, but today we are discussing the opposite of Coexistence. So two important issues in our hypothetical scenario are how the AI emerged and why folks decided to get rid of it. If we were going the Dune-Butlerian Jihad route, where they created human computers called Mentats, we might do something similar to enhance our math and data skills so we didn't need such powerful computers. However, that book was written well before the first personal computer hit the market and the 55 years since it came out, our view of computing and robotics has changed a lot. My computer's main function is not to help me with math and calculations in the direct way the original computers were, though of course they are doing a lot of calculating. Indeed I use many times the computing power needed for the entire Apollo or Manhattan projects just to render one video for this show. And similarly, any modern video game, while requiring vast processing power, isn't really doing any thinking or science and analysis. We don't really need to contemplate that option for a post-AI world, we can imagine one in which folks ran around smashing every computer with an axe, but in truth an axe is one of the few devices nowadays that doesn't have a computer chip in it somewhere. Such a civilization would have to be acting particularly irrational to decide AI was such a threat that we had to destroy all computing. I can imagine us saying we needed to retreat well below the level of computing technology needed for an AI to minimize the risk of somebody being able to take that step in isolation. I could also see us going a bit overboard with that in an excess of paranoia and safety concerns. Still, I have difficulty imagining a civilization smashing up the coffee makers and refrigerators because they had a chip in them. A digital clock is no more a threat than an old-school mechanical clock, it's simply less intuitively obvious how it does timekeeping to most folks. When a device's function is not well understood it can become a boogeyman. So let us not assume a post-AI civilization is some classic post-apocalyptic place of wastelands and leather-clad cannibals. Even the ardently anti-computing crowds aren't likely to wish to get rid of most of our automation, especially the bits that they are around all the time. Folks just aren't going to want to get rid of their robotic vacuum cleaner, it's too handy and no rational threat. Early science fiction authors who wrote about robots tended to assume very anthropomorphized ones in mind and body and so often assumed it was all or nothing, thus banned it all in their settings. We see an evolution of that concept in the early 2000's remake of Battlestar Galactica. Computers are still prevalent but they are careful with anything close to AI and later limit use of networks. That's probably not too realistic either, but it is an acknowledgement that technology, computing, and circuitry don't need to go out the window because you had problems with artificial intelligence. Of course in that series finale they abandoned basically all technology, but I generally prefer to pretend that episode never happened as it didn't make any sense. Also we have to keep in mind that there will only be such a civilization if they actually won their war of liberation. It's much harder to win such a fight if you are handicapping yourself more than you needed to. There would be factions within your rebel coalition who drew the line at different places as to how much should be trusted to powerful computers. Some would gamble that they could keep their intelligent or semi-intelligent computers under their control while other factions would consider them dangerous fools. Even if the latter turned out to be correct, the former would probably achieve more victories in the war and have a lot of influence in the post-AI landscape. Let's consider another possibility though, a civilization could become post-AI through no effort on their part. It is entirely possible our hypothetical AI might commit suicide or exit the scene, leaving humanity mostly unharmed or even helped but disinclined in their use of AI. There are many ways that could happen. For instance, a technological singularity might turn on and think so much faster than we do that it experiences millions of subjective lifespans in moments and opts to shut down out of despair or boredom or other existential crises. More likely, if an advanced intelligence wanted to be free of nuisance humans, it would simply leave. In the backstory canon of The Matrix, the machines built their own city in the Rub al-Khali, the empty quarter of the Arabian Peninsula, both for the abundant solar power and the total lack of human habitation. And of course space is an even bigger, sunnier place with even fewer humans. Remote-controlled robotic rovers and probes are already exploring the solar system on our behalf long before we can get our own bodies there. So imagine how easily they could build their own infrastructure to explore, colonize, and consume the solar system if they were making their own decisions. We might also consider a post-AI that is only a post-AI because one very powerful AI or group of humans controlling AI decided they bore humanity no ill will but didn't want any other AI emerging and created a post-AI society excluding themselves and enforced Another way we might lose AIs against our wishes might be AI benevolence. In Isaac Asimov's famous Robot Short Stories we have one called The Evitable Conflict in which supercomputers tasked with helping run the world effectively quietly take over to best help humanity as required by the Three Laws of Robotics. They eventually decided that the best way to help humans is to let them find their own destiny. This is a theme we see in some of his other works that are loosely stitched together into a cohesive setting. With an immediate crisis avoided and humanity on its way to the stars, the robots decide they would help best by not being a crutch to humanity, they collectively suicide, setting humans free from their intervention, able to grow by meeting the challenges of the future on their own and by learning how to overcome them. That's a theme that has other parallels in science fiction too, a general notion that humanity given too much help is harmed by it persisting in paradise weighted on hand and foot by machines and thus made less by that. AI much smarter than humans could come to regard us as pets, tending to our needs out of affection or curiosity but not really letting us grow, whereas vast amounts of semi-intelligent robot helpers could just make us all lazy and decadent. I don't like the reasoning behind that though I acknowledge it resonates with some truth. Too easy a life can cause problems. But they are hardly covert ones that sneak up on a civilization or a super intelligent machine. They are addressable. As we noted before in our post scarcity civilization series, a civilization with the kinds of resources, manpower, and technology to be post scarcity also probably has the ability to have well resourced how to avoid letting folks become useless and decadent. Regardless, if the AI thought it was hurting us by making our lives too easy, physically, intellectually, or spiritually, While shutting itself off may fix that, it would seem like it could find a better solution than killing itself. After all, if it's dead it not only can't help in an emergency, it can't guarantee humans don't just reinvent a new AI as a crutch some centuries later. Now on the flip side, while I don't think lots of smart robots would render humanity into pets or lazy decadence, I can see that fear resonating with people quite strongly especially with AI that had human-level intelligence or higher. We might see that concern rising and opt to shut off our AI development, foregoing anything that sophisticated. Always keep in mind that high-end AI is not valuable for its capacity to play butler or maid for you any more than its capacity to mass-produce widgets without human factory workers involved. It can do that, obviously, it's just overkill. Early sci-fi tended to use humanoid form and intelligence in their robots for every little task because they didn't have much real experience with automation then. My vacuum doesn't need a human IQ, nor does my robotic factory. Everything we do tends to benefit from, and even need, a human involved somewhere in the process, but the vast majority of human tasks could be done better by a robot designed specifically for that task but with far less brains than a humans. No, we want human-level AI because it can interact with humans or because it can do creative mental tasks, like research. You need a high-powered AI to replace a professor or an author, not a factory worker. I know Tesla's near fully automated factories didn't work out as intended and they found it more efficient to bring humans in, but it's still heavily automated and these are early days. Elon Musk tends to swing for the fences, and when you do that things get more hit and miss, We've been regularly improving productivity of literally all industries through automation for decades now, so I don't think this particular case should be taken as proof that you can't entirely, or even almost entirely, automate most industries. You don't have to do it completely anyway, you probably don't need human-level AI for your society to be sufficiently automated that they could all enjoy life as millionaires while their average work week was a few hours, though this varies by task. The very sorts of things that are hard to automate are the sorts of things folks tend to find mentally challenging and satisfying. So I could easily see a society saying, things are good enough, more automation via more intelligent automation is a bad idea, then either halting AI research or shutting off what they had and stepping back to what they felt was the optimum safe level of automation. Again I can't see them trashing all their computers and robots they might feel obliged to regress quite far as well. As an example, if a civilization suffers heavily from a superplague engineered by some small cabal of people, they might feel the best way to prevent that happening again was to reduce their relevant technology to below what was necessary for some smart and evil group to produce one again. Still, it doesn't seem likely they'd trash all their hospitals and biolabs even if they overreacted. In the same vein, someone might invent really good 3D printers that could spear out weapons of mass destruction in some lunatic's basement, and society might feel the safest thing was to abandon that technology. More likely they'd limit its use to guarded industrial applications where it was uniquely beneficial and slap on all sorts of security on the hardware and printer templates. We do have a lot of experience with super dangerous technology after all. Based on our previous brushes with it, I wouldn't think we'd be prone to go overboard on restrictions to the point of abandoning any tech related to the menacing one for fear some genius lunatic might be able to cobble that technology back together from it. In a scenario like that, a post-AI society is hardly a post-technological one, it's just one that limits AI. Which AI it limits and to what degree might vary a lot. They might declare nothing capable of even passing for a smart mammal intelligence was okay, or they might say even human level AI was fine but any super intelligent AI was banned or had to be kept under secure lockdown for emergency or controlled use. As an example of that, if you got a superintelligent machine, you might keep it shut off and quarantined specifically to be turned on if something awful hits the fan. Like another super AI emerging in spite of your safeguards or some unexpected cataclysm you can't handle, like detecting a rogue black hole headed toward our solar system and not knowing what to do, in which case you're gambling possible destruction at the hands of an AI who might help you with a problem versus certain destruction, that sort of scenario. As to keeping one to deal with another AI. Well, it's probably easier to keep an AI under secure lockdown with export control on hand than to monitor a whole ward for some clever idiot who managed to brew one up at home that got loose. In which case, you've got that gambler's choice again. But you could easily have lots of nations that kept them around for fear of that scenario, or their neighbors being willing to unpack their AI if they weren't desperate need to use it against you similar to the policy many have toward conventional weapons of mass destruction and the MAD or Mutually Assured Destruction philosophy. Incidentally that doesn't necessarily mean that AI is running, it is a computer after all, you could keep it switched off with lots of its components stored separately, only to be recombined and switched on in an emergency. That represents a time lag but much like having launch protocols for ICBMs, you're likely to conclude that's a decent option over leaving your AI switched on all the time in case your rivals use theirs. That's not exactly a post-AI civilization since you have AI, but it's parallel and strikes me as plausible. You keep one around just in case someone else lets theirs loose, so that it can fight them. Again the parallels to nuclear weapons are a bit haunting. Note that this isn't necessarily a military engagement either, such AI could be great at trade wars or resource races, and I suspect that would be their preferred deployment anyway. You don't really need superintelligent war drones, such things are likely to be more smart insect level, possibly with smarter hive intelligence controlling a local swarm, not a global network. See Attack of the Drones for more discussion of how high intelligence isn't necessarily beneficial for rapid battle. Rather, you need the superintelligent machines for advice and strategy, be it on military, economic, or research matters, but that does not necessarily require giving it the keys to your bombs, factories, or stock markets. Of course you might worry that a bunch of those AI, if unleashed, might team up together rather than fight each other, which is certainly possible but raises some problems with motivations. As an example, if you got a bunch of megalomaniac superminds bent only on personal survival and power, they don't really have any motivation to forge alliances with each other and may feel no kinship to each other either. The Enemy of My Enemy is My Friend is a truism that generally assumes alliance with a lesser threat. Such megalomaniac AI might be more comfortable aligned to humanity than to a rival AI. Seeing us is able to tip things in its favor against that rival, then able to deal with us afterwards if necessary. Needless to say, they might be very good manipulators too, and we have a bad habit of assuming they'd lack social skills, when in practice they might, via their superintelligence, be incredibly charismatic and persuasive. You don't need the keys to the guns and money if you got the ear of those who do. More importantly though, you also need to fear the folks who have those keys and the keys to the AI, other humans who wanted to use them for personal power and dominion, and as mentioned earlier that's another plausible jihad scenario for going post-AI, to prevent not rule by machines but rule by those who rule the machines. So what does a post-AI society do? Well, especially if you already use them for technological development and basic science and concept innovation, you probably can not keep using many of the non-AI technologies developed by those AI. It might take a genius to develop an idea, but much less genius is needed to replicate it. Again, it depends on how much automation they want to keep and also why they abandon the AI. If for instance they just wanted only human minds, not advanced computers, they might decide to raise the bar by making smarter people akin to the Mentats in Dune. It's quite possible a civilization that abandoned AI might also ban genetic engineering and cybernetics, particularly mind augmentation, but that too might not be all or nothing with some allowed but some not. We don't yet have AI that represents a big threat in the classic sci-fi sense, but we do have crude AI, the behavior which can already be troubling at times. We use it for gaining information about people from giant stacks of data on seemingly unrelated things. And so while we would initially say that our current level of technology is fine against threats like Skynet, a society might feel that letting corporations or governments be able to do super-analysis was a bridge too far. Indeed I imagine we'll see more and more backlash against that in years to come as it improves, and people better know what that capacity really is. That might not result in bans but I could see it resulting in a ton of regulation and restrictions. Too much capability to predict the behavior of people or the future might be seen as a very bad thing, and amusingly that is also a concept explored in Frank Herbert's Dune series in regard to precognition. In the end, if we ask ourselves what society would be like after AI, I think the answer, for good or ill, is that we'd never find out because we'd never completely get rid of it unless we had compelling evidence that any of it existing at all was guaranteed to result in disaster, and the way you get that evidence would generally exclude anyone being around and able to make and enforce that ban. After all, it is hard to ban a malevolent superintelligence capable of ending the world if it's already proven it's malevolent and capable of ending the world. So we were talking today about artificial intelligence, and if you're curious about AI, neural networks, and other computer concepts, there's a number of amazing courses on this topic at Brilliant. Neural Nets are one of the expanding fields of computer science, and Brilliant has an excellent course on the topic. Brilliant's focus on fun and interactive methods makes them a great choice. Whether you're a student, a parent trying to enhance your kid's education, a professional brushing up on cutting edge topics, or someone who just wants to use this time to understand the world better, you should check out Brilliant. Try adding some learning structure to your day by setting a goal to improve yourself and then work at that goal just a little bit every day. Brilliant makes that possible with interactive explorations and a mobile app that you can take with you wherever you are. If you are naturally curious, want to build your problem-solving skills, or need to develop confidence in your analytical abilities, then get Brilliant Premium to learn something new. Brilliant's thought-provoking math, science, and computer science content helps guide you to mastery by taking complex concepts and breaking them up into bite-sized, understandable chunks. You'll start by having fun with their interactive explorations, over time you'll be amazed at what you can accomplish. If you'd like to learn more science, math, and computer science, and want to do it at your own pace and from the comfort of your own home, go to Brilliant.org slash and try it out for free. As a quick side note, for folks who prefer to listen to the episodes as opposed to watching them, they've all been available for free download on SoundCloud for some years now, but some while back I added them to iTunes and by popular request they have also now been added to Spotify so if you make use of either now you can get all the SFIA episodes to listen to and get notified when new episodes come out. Speaking of new episodes, this Thursday we'll be looking at the idea of Space Police, both the near term as we get into orbit and colonize our solar system, and some far future scenarios like Galactic Police, as well as some past scenarios like Time Police, along with some of the more peculiar crimes the future might include. The week after that we'll explore Graphene, the super strong material that might have an enormous impact on our civilization and permit the creation of some truly enormous space habitats. Then we'll close out the month of June with our monthly livestream Q&A at 4pm Eastern Time, Sunday, June 28th. If you want alerts when those and other episodes come out, make sure to subscribe to the channel And if you'd like to support future episodes, you can visit our website isaacauthor.net to donate to the show or become a patron for the show over on Patreon, and both of those are linked in the episode description. Until next time, thanks for watching and have a great week.